Hello and welcome to another edition of the First and Orange Broncos podcast. I'm Kyle Fredrickson, joined by Ryan O'Halloran. We're the Denver Post Broncos coverage team. And and, uh, Ryan, we're sitting here. The season, it's pretty much over. We've got two games left. The playoffs no longer a possibility. Describe the mood as as we kind of walk in here today and and Vance Joseph uh, makes that walk to the podium. He knows what questions are coming, and and, and this is just kind of how this season's played out. Yeah, it was... 29 questions over 11 minutes, so that gives you some insight into the length of the answers. It was a resigned uh, feel that I got from the head football coach, not a fired feel because he's still here. Um, hey, there's no you can't uh, you can't sugarcoat when you're eliminated from the playoffs. So when I asked him, I said, hey, at this point, do you look back and say what went wrong? He said, you know, could have, would have, should have. But my takeaways from his briefing on Monday where he was definitely trying to pump up his staff, knowing that they're probably going to be looking for jobs here in the next month. Um, he patted his team on the back saying, hey, they have improved from last year, even if the wins are only just uh, six compared to five. And, uh, you know, he, he says his focus is on the Oakland Raiders. I think maybe what we would appreciate a little more is saying, hey, human nature is that I'm worried about my staff's future. I'm worried about my staff's future more than my future because he has a contract for next year. A lot of his assistants do, but that's the human element of what an NFL team goes through when they're having a disappointing season. So a little bit of meat on the bone, but not much. We'll get into Vance Joseph's future a little bit later on in this podcast, but here's the nuts and bolts of it. The Titans beat the Giants yesterday 17-0 to improve to 8-6. and six. Uh, the Broncos lost, dropped them to six and eight. They're mathematically out of it. Ryan, it's no surprise when this team started three and six. We sort of expected this. The, the playoffs were possible, but still kind of a long shot. But there were a whole lot of turning points that got this team to where they're at here today. I'll, I'll bring up the first one. It's that Jets game, right? It has to be that blowout in New York. Uh, the fact that that's a Jets team now that's only four and ten shows you kind of how talented that group was and how many wins they were able to get, uh, being that they got a rookie quarterback who's shown some promise but in a game where the Broncos give up you know receptions of 76 35 and 20 yards you know runs of 77 yards 54 yards 38 yards it just seemed like that was the day this thing kind of died and you know that was back when this defense was relatively healthy that's when Chris Harris and Bradley Roby were both out there you know a luxury they weren't afforded in this last game Uh, what do you make of 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 that game Ryan and going from there do you see some other points where this team really fell apart and and proved it just wasn't a playoff contender yeah uh, you know the Jet game came six days after they blew a 10-point lead at home against the Chiefs. They emptied the tank against the Chiefs. They flew cross-country. They weren't ready to play. You can't ever question effort, but you can question want to. And they, it didn't look like a team that was – they thought the game was going to come to them. They thought the Jets were the rookie quarterback. They, New York hadn't played well the last couple weeks. Well, we're the Broncos. We'll show up and, you know, and we'll muddle through and win the game. It didn't happen. They got their butt whipped. Next one is Houston. Vance admittedly got greedy at the end of the first half, cost his team three points. They lost 19-17 when McManus missed the field goal at the buzzer. San Francisco is an inexcusable loss. Started the Start right in the obituary at that point. <laughs> um, San Francisco tried to give them the game back. Broncos didn't take it. They dug themselves a 20 out the hole. And then Cleveland losing to a rookie quarterback again. Uh, you know, his decision that he defended kicking a field goal fourth and one. 
I still disagree with it. I will always disagree with it, considering that he contradicted everything he had been talking about the previous week about being more aggressive, playing to win, not to lose. So uh, those are just a couple. But, you know, they lost by one possession against the Rams. That wasn't a one-possession game. They lost by one possession at the Kansas City Chiefs. That wasn't a one-possession game. So, you know, if you want to go way back, 13 penalties against the Ravens, they showed zero discipline. They showed zero discipline against the Niners with nine first-half penalties just on defense. So, you know, what I'm getting at is if they make a move on December 31st at the head coaching spot, if John Elway should look at an experienced guy to say, hey, can I get a guy who can – even out these ebbs and flows, these losing streaks. So, Ryan, we'll might as well just transition into that since you brought it up. Vance Joseph's future with the team, essentially saying everything today that you would expect him to say, like we talked about in the intro. Uh, but the mood was somber. He kind of knows what's ahead. Is it a foregone conclusion? I mean, Joseph's going to be gone at the end of the year in your mind? Or does this team, if they get to 8-8, eight and eight, make at least John Elway's decision tougher. They avoid the losing seasons, you know, the first uh, consecutive ones since the 70s. That's off the plate. There is noted improvement there. You know, VJ talked about uh, this team getting better through the year. Some of that was fluff. Some of it maybe I do agree with, the way these rookies have played. But is there any situation where Vance comes back? I I guess at 8-8, if you're John Elway, say, okay, they – you know, won three more games, but look who they beat. You know, two against the Raiders, not a very good team. You know, they beat Arizona, not a very good team. The question that 8-8 eight eight John's going to have to ask himself is, okay, Vance got you to 500. Is he a guy that gets you to 10-6? and six? Second question is, is there anybody out there who's an absolute upgrade? That may save some coaches around the league is that the, the candidate pool has been picked clean over the last couple years. There have been so many changes. So... That is the only hope that Vance has left is you can win two games, finish 8-8, eight and eight, and then John always says, okay, we might as well see if this can work for a third year. I think maybe I think it was playoffs or bust. That was my view uh, as this season developed, and I, and I think it will turn out that way. Just for perspective here, if the Broncos did decide to keep VJ historically it'd be a very interesting decision considering that Josh McDaniel's record when he was fired 11 and 17 right now Vance Joseph 11 and 19 so when you look at sort of the success of those two guys people are ready for McDaniel's to to be run out of town at the end of his tenure it's looking like about the same with with VJ you know McDaniel I wasn't here for McDaniel's but you know just from afar that was a rockier more controversial tenure than what Vance has been um but you got to worry about the business bottom line here if you're the Broncos. If you come out December 31st and say, we're going to stay put with our head coach, that is a very tough sell for the public who spend really good money for merchandise and tickets and watching on TV. Um, I think that has to be a consideration from President Joe Ellis's standpoint. And um, I think Ellis will be definitely involved in saying, hey, John, if you, this is what you want to do. You know, we'll pay the freight for it and let's go get the best guy. Right. So, Ryan, with that, let's pivot on one last topic of the first in orange today. We appreciate you guys listening in. Um, what is there to play for in these final games? You know, I, I think Cortland Sutton said it pretty well, uh, being a rookie, having good perspective after the last game. Everything that they do is on tape. Everyone is being evaluated every single day. So if you're going to let up because your team's not heading to the playoffs, I mean, you're doing yourself an entire disservice. Now, when there are emotions involved and guys are going to be free agents and, and, you know, it just there's other things that make that tougher to do 
say and not do, but Ryan, as this team finishes out the season, the development of rookies, some guys who want to uh, possibly boost their resumes in free agency, what do, does this team have to play for? The old pride. You don't want to finish 6-10. and 10. You don't want to limp to the finish line with four straight losses. If you're a guy like Shaq Barrett, you want to get back on the field and prove that, hey, I'm ready to hit free agency. Adam God says, hey, I'm ready to get a contract extension. Younger guys, Jeff Holland, see him play more. Keishan Berea at linebacker, see him play more. If you're Case Keenum, you know, finish strong and say, hey, no matter who the coach is, I deserve to be the week one 2019 starter. So, you know, new coaches will realize, if new coaches come in here, they'll watch this tape and they'll realize who laid down. And you don't want to be one of those guys who starts with a new coaching staff and has a negative negative uh, idea already in their minds about you. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Philip Lindsay gets a couple more chances to crack a 1,000 yards. It seems like he should have gotten it the past couple weeks. We figured he'd get 60-plus against the Niners. We figured he'd get at least 40 against this Bengals defense. So now he sits nine away from 1,000. Uh, Cortland Sutton looking like he could get to 700 yards, you know, maybe boost a couple more touchdowns, five scores. I think that's a pretty impressive resume for him. He's had his ups and downs. But this rookie class, Ryan, is this another showcase for them as well? Let's just talk about the, the young guys you expect. Uh, hopefully get even more play, being that – this is what the Broncos should do. They should be developing their young talent, getting ready for the future. Um, yeah, I want to see a little bit more of Deshaun Hamilton. He had an okay game against Cleveland, a lot of catches. He's got to refine his route running. He, he's flattening out his routes on those short yardage plays, so see him develop that way. Lindsey, get over 1,000 so you can at least be in the Pro Bowl alternate conversation because right. Right, right now he may not be because uh, a lot of those top backs will drop out as they advance in the playoffs. You know, the Bradley Chubb sack record, the Von Miller-Bradley Chubb combo sack record. You don't want to talk about records and individual accomplishments, but really that's if, you know, if that's the motivation, that will help you win games. Absolutely. And on that note, we will sign off for the First and Orange podcast. I'll thank you guys for listening along with Ryan uh, and listening to all our episodes uh, through this roller coaster of a Broncos season. We'll pr- be providing even more analysis um, and features from this locker room as the next couple weeks go forward. The Monday night game on Christmas Eve uh, will be here before we know it. So until then, uh, be sure to check out all of our online content at Denver Post. Uh, Get that print edition sent to your front doorstep, uh, and we will see you guys next time.